Good morning everyone. I trust that this finds you keeping safe and well as we resume these weekly talks every Wednesday morning. So here we are again and it feels as if we're almost back at square one. Staying at home, going out once a week for groceries and each morning for a little stroll. Otherwise we're stuck at home, not going anywhere, not able to visit our children or grandchildren, not able to invite anyone into our home, not able to gather together for the Eucharist, just as it was six months or so ago, almost back to square one, and all because of this awful virus. Purely selfishly, we've had to cancel three trips this year, including a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, not able to gather together as a family, and not able to visit my 94-year-old stepmother all year, who's been locked into a care home in the north of England. Nevertheless, we've been pretty fortunate, and you will have all had your own particular deprivations to contend with over recent months. And I have to say that I hate this coronavirus. I hate it because so many people have died. I hate it even more because so many people have died alone, unable to hold the hand of a loved one. I hate it because our wonderful health service has been stretched to the limit once, and now it's happening all over again. I hate it because so many people are bereaved and weren't allowed to sit next to one of their family at a funeral, let alone embrace each other and give each other a hug. And I hate it because weddings and baptisms and ordinations have been postponed or have gone ahead without those people who were meant to be there. I hate it because children's schooling has been so badly disrupted and I hate it because so many people have been so ill, crying out in pain, isolated, lonely, fearful, depressed. I hate this virus because behind locked doors some terrible things have happened and I hate it because the poor and the disadvantaged have been hit the hardest and because so many have lost their jobs. I hate it because it's left so many people across the world feeling hopeless and helpless, as if life itself has been taken away from us. I hate this coronavirus, and yet I reluctantly acknowledge that because of the virus we've had to learn some hard lessons about ourselves. We've learned, for example, that we belong to one another, and that my interest is tied up with your interest, and that my life is tied up with your life. We've learned again that death is for real. We've learned that progress doesn't mean living in a pain-free world. We've learned that those jobs we'd previously thought of as rather menial and unimportant are in fact vital and essential for all our well-being. We've learned that at the moment the best way to love one another is to keep a distance and we've learned that love transcends all boundaries and can happily and easily jump across two metres. And in the church, despite the fact that we've been deprived of the sacrament for months and deprived of the reassurance of worship together with our friends Sunday by Sunday, despite all that, and somehow it's a mystery, we've learned that God is with us and God is among us. With us as he's always been in the midst of endeavour, suffering and ministry. We've learned that the parish church lies at the centre and that pastoral care and all sorts of worship, old and new, can go on and has gone on in old and new ways. And above all, that loving your neighbour is what this is all about. And I reluctantly acknowledge that although there's nothing, nothing good about COVID-19, 
good can indeed come out of it if we respect and love each other and learn how to inhabit the world differently so that the spread of the virus can be kept under control. And we, the Church of Jesus, have an opportunity to take the lead on this, speaking out for the poor, making sure that the restrictions we are living under are administered fairly and that they indeed work for the good of all and making sure that we don't lose sight of some key things like the curse of racism, the way we inhabit the planet and our relationships with each other both within the United Kingdom and in Europe. And so despite all this I am thankful I am thankful for the faithfulness, the skill and the hard work of all those who have served in our health and emergency services. I am thankful for all those in public office who have had to make hard decisions, inevitably coming in for some sharp criticism, but who continue to give themselves to serving us and keeping us safe. And I am thankful, very thankful for the witness and service of the local church in this parish and in others for people's generosity, creativity and tenacity, especially for the care of the vulnerable and the needy. So friends, I do hate this coronavirus, but I'm also thankful for the good things that have emerged and not least for our dependence upon each other and upon God. And not least for the news which came on Monday that a vaccine may be developed in the coming weeks and months. And all this is happening on Remembrance Day. Indeed, this early part of November is full of acts of remembrance. All Souls Day, All Saints Day, Remembrance Sunday and Remembrance Day, all underlining the truth that God can come out of evil, that good can come out of evil, that self-sacrifice can and does bring freedom, that death can be the bearer of life, and that light is only truly appreciated when the darkness begins to cover us. And when we remember, remember, we bring out of the past and into the present those people whom we have loved and lost, those whom we still love but see no longer, and those to whom we owe so much and cannot thank enough. Remembrance is the invitation every year not only to remember, but to remake and to renew the world. We're asking God to reshape our lives, to be refashioned, remade, redeemed, to be remembered as individuals and as a society, to build on the dedication and self-sacrifice of the past for the present and for the shaping of our future. And perhaps our memories assume an even greater importance in this year of the pandemic. For as we recall not only acts of heroism and tragedy, but also the unexpected moments when we can't fully explain why one lives and another dies, how we manage this or that, what it was like when all seemed to be lost. Remembrance for many, and not least because of the virus, is born out of tragedy and pain, but it's also for Thanksgiving, Eucharist. So today we remember and give thanks for all those who've gone before us, for those who gave their lives that we might live, for the souls and the saints we cherish, for those whom we love yet see no longer. And in dwelling on the generosity and goodness of God, 
we remember that we are loved by the God who remembers each and every one of us, who calls us by name and cherishes all the hairs of our head. And he looks upon us with love and gratitude for the love and service we render to each other. And even in the horrors of wars and in the grip of this awful pandemic, we remain convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.